Our story features layers of betrayers, death of creators, multiverse invaders, legends of twilight, and astral crusaders. As our world burns, it brings the death of fates ruled by a golden god. He's the king of drakes. Our hopeless heroes fail with the highest stakes, but time's not constant and the past awaits. Roll the dice if you must as you stare at your slayers. After all, legends are made by defying soothsayers. Last time on Oppressed by Sun, our heroes met Dirge the Wanderer, a strange tiefling that administered last rites to souls wishing to pass on into the afterlife, but who had deep emotional bonds chaining them the mortal world. After meeting Dirge, they ventured deep into the volcanic mountain at the center of an island and found spheres of death. Each of the five spheres contained a ring and when rotated in a clockwise direction, these rings opened a gate which freed a pit fiend, injured and in most cases frightened. Our heroes watch helplessly as the pit fiend centers its attention on the seaweed. Season 2, Episode 6 A Seaweed's Contract When a seaweed turns and runs down the hallway, she is steps ahead of Father John and Barry. The others are, are pinned in fear in their respective points of the star uh, as the aura of the of the fiend keeps you all at bay. There is shrieks and wailing echoing down the corridor that you're running down. And they they sound like ghosts, but very, very different than the shrieking and wailing you heard before. Before it was somewhat subdued, uh, like relaxed. This is, feels more like panicked um, as it's just piercing screams and, and howls. Um, you hear them coming closer to you. You're so panicked, you don't even look up until you are face to face with a wall of ghosts that are approaching you. Four of them are going to attack you this way. Wisdom saves. Four wisdom saves. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. Three fails. Woohoo! <laughs> roll three so D4. You do is roll uh, three D4. Times ten. That's, that's how old you are. So I got a two, a two, and a three. Oh wow, 70 years. 70 years. 34 damage. The snake comes out from around your shoulder as these ghosts fly over you, just just sort of moving through you uh, with their horrifying images of of torn souls that seem uh, desperate and and lost. You feel yourself just beginning to slow and age as you watch them, as you watch them pour over you. Your body becomes more frail, your skin ages uh, rapidly, uh, you feel uh, achy as a great burden has been placed on your shoulders. And you can see as these four sweep past you, behind them are hundreds. You also hear from behind you, you hear a smiling voice come echoing down the hallway, even over all the shrieks and wails of the uh, gnashing teeth of the ghosts around you. And you hear just a sing songy voice that says, They will kill you, but it's not too late. Would you like to die, or would you like to sign a deal with me, Zerablay? 
agent of Lurzok, Lord, and legend of Twilight. All of your friends here, so long as they do not attack, an undead will be able to walk out of it as they are touched by Twilight themselves, having worn the rings. However, you, my lady, have not worn a ring. You will not walk out of here unless some blessing were placed upon you by a powerful and benevolent being sort of just smiles. You can just feel that toothy smile sort of walk, walking over you, even though he's kind of out of sight down the tunnel, as his voice seems to echo unnaturally. I still really don't know what to do, and I just kind of start mumbling words like, I, 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 I don't know where, what, uh, and... You hear, walk back to me, my lady. And then I'll turn around and kind of like in circles for a few times, because I'm really confused and don't know what to do, and okay. don't have my senses, and then I'll start walking slowly towards the dude. But then I'll go back towards the other guy. Like, I kind of pace back and forth for a few, little bit. Well, as soon as you move forward at all, the ghosts follow you, like, right up behind you, allowing you no movement to go back. So Cut. you're just slowly walking back. Meanwhile, yeah. half not is they're just, they're just ignoring him. They just pass around him. They yeah. just pass around him like he's a rock in the water. Zerablay, what is it you want? I want Dirge dead, and I think you guys can help me. But in order to ensure that you will get the job done, I'm going to have to have one of you sign on the dotted line. And right now, I have enough, just enough leverage, and he continues to motion uh, see me as she slowly moves towards him with the wall of ghosts at her back. He says, and it looks like I have a good candidate walking my way. And what does this pact entail? Well, what do you think a pact with the devil would entail? I am an agent of the legend of Twilight. I am here to gather souls for him. Of course, it includes me getting to bring to my lord, Legend of Twilight. That her soul, or someone else's soul? Oh, well, it seems that hers is the most likely for her. Although, I could take substitutions. Uh, two for one is a good trade. We have so many lost souls coming in. You can have all of those. No. <laughs> my boy, convince one of your other friends to, to, to join you, taking her place, and I will allow you to sign the contract. I don't want that either. We just want to leave. Well, I'm afraid your time is running out as he continues motioning the ghosts forward. They sort of like like push you forward. Like you don't want to touch them, so they're like they're they're ever crowding you, ever crowding you, and you're sort of moving. They're sort of forcing you forward if you don't want to touch them. As I'm as I'm saying all this, I'm just gonna like walk over to Kadeem, put my eye or my hand over his eyes, and just like gently start leading him back. No! I know you're taking me! No! It's <laughs> okay. okay, buddy. <laughs> Can I get like a, a saving throw or something? I'll give you advantage on your saving throw when it's your turn. Ah, oh, son of a bitch, okay. I am curled up in the fetal position on the ground. Just shouting. I see, we just do it! Do it, Siri! Get it over with! Please! Uh, you are still afraid, so maybe coiled on the ground, weeping for a seaweed to go ahead and take the bargain, as, you know, clearly is befitting his role in the party. Flume that appears from nowhere, he begins to describe dexterously a contract between the legend of Twilight and Beneficiary. <laughs> Evil fiend? <laughs> you owe us, motherfucker. You have no right to make demands of us. If it weren't for our actions, you'd still be trapped in your realm. Rights are written by the powerful, enforced by those with advantages. That is me, Zerigley. Mm. Then you come, you come up out of the tunnel here and walk up into the room beneath the pit feet. And you see in his hand is this green parchment. 
and on which he scrolls with this uh, feathered uh, flourish. Uh, you see this scroll roll out before you, and you see that there are several blanks on the scroll. And he says, my lady, my lady, you have not yet convinced. What if I offered you this? And in his hand appears a bow made entirely of red ruby-like material. It's recurved in a delicate balance with each curve on the bow representing a, a, a different piece of gemstone, uh, all of which uh, has, a, has a humming red glow to it. Bends it in his hand and hands it down to you. He's like, I'm sure this will serve you well. So I reach out and try and grab the bow, or try and just, just lightly run my fingers down it. It's warm to the touch and responds immediately with, uh, and, and sends a thrill of excitement through <clears throat> What is this contract? What do you want from me? <laughs> Get excited. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he, uh, he, he rolls out the contract and he says, um, in all matters such as this, uh, Lurzok will be represented by, in all agents, by his, ma uh, by his agent, uh, Zereble. Uh, my friends call me so you can call me that. Hit Fiend, gold class, at your service. He nods to you. Uh, Zerg has full authority to alter and sign this contract as my representative. Signed, Legend of Twilight. The beneficiary hereby ascends too, and he begins writing in, with a flourish. He says, immediately find and kill Dirge the Wanderer. Bring Dirge's head to this altar without delay. And he writes those two things like in bullet points underneath uh, beneficiary hereby ascends too. And then he says, and then he writes another bullet point that says, Legend of Twilight bestows upon beneficiary temporary protection from undead. That's the first thing he writes. Safe passage off of Lorzak's window. And he writes in parentheses, this island. <laughs> and you can see there are more empty lines there. And at the bottom of these empty lines, there's one more condition. And it says, protection from two barred devils until Dirge is dead. And then the last line says, Upon death, the beneficiary's soul is immediately the property of Lord Lurza, Legend of Twilight, hereby signed, on behalf of Legend of Twilight, Zerible, and he signs his name with a flourish. And it says on the other side, beneficiaries, and has lines, plural. He, he flourishes it and presents it to you and puts it in your hand. Yeah. And I'm looking it over very carefully. I would like to just walk down the tunnel. You leave, or start heading out. You guys don't see him. Before I get out of range of a seaweed, I would like to give her a little inspiration. Uh, it's going to be a very non-inspiring inspiration. Like, you hear a little voice in your head, I don't know how to help you, <laughs> but hopefully this does. <laughs> Good luck with all that. Contract is in your hand. <clears throat> Contract seems very tempting, although I do have a few additions I would, or wording I would like to change. Oh, my lady. If it were not for deals, I would have no fun at all. Are, are, are some of these passages negotiable? Potentially. I'm always open to good negotiations. Negotiations are always good. Um, so that line that says temporary, I'd like that to be changed to permanent protection from the undead. Hmm. <laughs> Roll a persuasion check. <laughs> that inspiration might come in handy. 20! Oh, nice! A natural 20. Nope. Oh my. If you agree to all the other terms, I suppose. He nods. You should get rid of that last line. And he hands, and the pen sort of 
uh, uh, does a flip, like a sort of spectral flip in his hand as he hands it to you. Permanent protection from the undead, like how can I... What about that soul part? You hear the, did you read that soul part about how your soul... There's something like... <laughs> but I reach into my bag uh -huh. and grab my potion of hallucination and just think if there's no better time to figure out what's going on, if this is a good idea, I just chug that thing. Awesome! Roll a d100. So that's a two. That's a two. Oh. Alright, you drink this strange uh, mystery potion that you believe to, will give you a hallucination. So, <laughs> that is your turn. Seaweed. Why have you not signed this already? <laughs> Please. It's not, it can't be that bad. It's never that bad. I promise. <laughs> Just sign it and make him go away. Please, for the love of God. I'm hallucinating over here. Uh, as he begins to speak to you in what feels like an atemporal way, like a, a way that's outside of your normal conception of time, as you begin to float in this uh, spatial dimension that's uh, outside of your, your general understanding. You, s you almost see this scene fast-forwarding before you. You sign the contract. The undead begin to pass around you into the, into the gate, and, uh, and all of a sudden you're transported to another place where you personally are shooting down Dirge the Wanderer uh, while your while your friends uh, are nowhere to be seen. The lie upon death. Is it whose death is it? My death or the death of Dirge? Be more specific. You see uh, a dark room. You see on the floor before you is Father John, who seems to be cut down and dead as a, uh, a shadowy figure steps above you and plunges a sword down through you, you feel through your neck. Look at that. Look at that. That answers that question. That's scary, yeah. dude. That's really scary. This is taking too long. Are you insane? And he reaches down, his wings flap one time as his whole body surges towards you and he bites you. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, 25 points of damage as he bites you, but you fail your con save and are poisoned. Devastating poison washing over you. Over your hundred-year-old body. Yeah, over your over your weakened, aged body. Even as you fall to the knee, the contract falls with you right in front of you as the pen again appears in your hand. Bum, bum, bum. I want to uh, roll Kadim over, like okay. hold him up, uh, and just let, and yeah, give him resistance to his face and be like, you can do it. And then reach back and just smack him as hard as I can across the face. Maybe still can't turn around because he's still in a... Uh, Stricken panic, but this time he he puts his hands up on his helmet and realizes he has to do something that he doesn't want to do. But he's going to try and use his helmet of telepathy to suggest to you to sign the contract. <laughs> oh, oh no! no. <laughs> oh no! Wisdom save, right? Oh, Wisdom save. Like Twenty. Whoa! You're serious? I got nineteen. Whoa. Oh my god! I that means uh, yes. so you're well, you you tell her that you're confident you're, you're, she's going to sign that, and you just feel it bounce off. I think it's like the first time the helmet telepathy is fixed, and you know that Mindy attempted to force you to, to sign, sign the contract <laughs> for your soul. Father John presents his shield <laughs> behind the from behind the, the gateway mm -hmm. to the hells and says, Lord Tamuns, please favor us and have pity on this world. Close this gate to the other dimensions. All right, that's not going to do it, but I got advantage on this since I cast Enhance Ability. Mm -hmm. Come on. 
Nat 20. <laughs> what? There and I go. close the gate to hell. Close <laughs> the gate. Oh God. All right. So I mean, it's this big, it's this big uh, hovering black mass above the altar here. Um, you're standing on the far side of the lava, but about about six or seven feet away. As you begin to uh, pull upon the power of Tamuns, I will. Uh, the the entire temple begins to shake. Pull piece of, of land, the entire island feels to be caught up in the throes of some sort of power that's beyond its control. Kadeem, I need you to roll a wisdom save. 17? As you're huddled on the ground, Varian pulling at you and you fighting him off, mm -hmm. um, you begin to feel from the amulet that Gunter gave you, the memory stone, you begin to feel a, a glow, a power that even as this entire room, this entire island begins to move, the amulet begins to activate the power to overcome this fear and to step forward towards the towards the creature and taunt it to attack you and only you. All right. Your fear is gone. I boldly step forward and I present the amulet. You had your chance, coward. Now you will face the wrath of Talmuns. And yeah. As you do that, the the the, the, the earthquake that had already be, be begun here, with Father John slamming shut the gate. You feel a, a power come through your voice as you shout, and the, the creature, which had eyes only for a seaweed, snaps its head towards you. His horned face just shoots forward like the, like the head of a striking rattlesnake, and it attempts to bite you. Okay, so 29 as the teeth shred through you. Then I fall. Alright, you're also in the poison condition. No! Kadeem! Kadeem goes down as the creature shreds him with a single bite. As Kadeem clatters to the floor, part of his chest torn away by the teeth of the beast, you see on his chest is an amulet that glows with a blue aura that reminds you a lot of Father John's. I'm not worth it! Rakes you with a claw attack, which I assume is a Can I do a reaction? Well, it's, a, it, it's an automatic crit, so I failed two death saves. Alright, so he hits you with a claw attack. Uh-huh. He turns to you, a seaweed. He says, by the end of six seconds, my lady, Kadeem will be alive or dead. Let me sign! If you sign, I let him live. Can I start signing? You sign. I sign. As you do, your name appears there uh, in red, even though the pen, the pen seems to draw blood from your hand. Pull it through the pen itself and sign in blood on the, on the contract. I sign frantically, very fastly, very sloppily, so my name is barely legible and you can barely make out that it's not whips the contract so that it rolls up and it disappears into his hand as he uh, as onto his chest. He whips out his hands and his barbed devils uh, sort of stand down. The ghosts fall back away from you as he touches you and you feel a power wash over you. You fool! <laughs> Message variant. What's going on? Uh, see, we signed a contract with the devil and uh, <laughs> Kadeem is on death's door. Father John closed the door to uh, the other realm, and uh, maybe is still rolling uh, catatonic with fear on the floor. I right. rise, I and grab the bow. He hands you the bow with a flourish. It is beautiful and perfectly balanced. And then I, and I, as I'm running, grabbing the bow, I'm running towards Kadeem. Yeah. I'm going to touch Kadeem, and I'm going to use my super special med kit on him. All right, restoring Kadeem to one hit point with no roll. All right, so you're hovering over Kadeem. You put this poultice onto his chest, stop his bleeding. I'm you, so sorry. You I... see his eyes open. Is that amulet still glowing? The amulet is glowing. In fact, it no. seems to be 
holding you together, healing you. Ooh, nice. Gunter's amulets coming through in a pinch. While Kadim has a spiritual moment, Mibi is fearful and unable to approach the beast. But as he looks back, he sees the green ring in the sphere behind him. And he steps into the deadly sphere, takes his damage, and snatches the green ring. Mibi steps out wearing the green ring once more. And then I'll just help Kadim out, and we'll leave. And you see uh, half nine in the tunnel ahead of you, a Seelie now behind you, and Varian and Mibi still not in the tunnel at all. Wait, let me help Mibi out. Uh, so I pick up Mibi and haul him out of there. Okay. So Kicking and screaming. I, I actively aid. All right, you guys drag your, your friends out of there. Everybody is cured of the fear effect. We start trekking across the island. We got the barbed demons in tow. Oh yeah, they're with you every step of the way. In fact, Kadeem, they sort of walk right behind you, one of them, and one of them walks right behind Father John in a very unpleasant way. Mm-hmm. As soon as we kill Dirge, these suckers are going to come after me. Just so you know. Well, I want to like try to like, do like a sleight of hand thing to like motion at a half-knot, see if he can't try to message us so we can have like a little conversation going on while we're walking back to the boat. We're on a mission to kill Dirge, the yes. Wanderer, all right? That's the goal, quote-unquote. So, we need to go to the boat, we need to tell the crew we're heading to the university to go kill Dirge, or not even that, we're just going to the university, if the barbed devils start trying to act like, you know, you know, what's going on, start trying to question us, we tell them Dirge is at the university, and that's where we're going, we're gonna go kill Dirge. They don't fucking know. After about a day, we're all fully healed, we kill these fucking demons. As you travel along the island, again, there's tons of ghosts everywhere, but they really... Uh, th now they are making gnashing and wailing sounds that sound eerie and piercing and, and, uh, and, and lost. Um, whereas before they were sort of muted. Uh, as sun begins to slowly set, you see your uh, ship silhouetted against the, uh, the beautiful sunset on the, on the blue ocean. So we wade through, through the water with our new barb demons. Barb demons follow you right in lockstep behind Kadim and Father John. Climbing aboard the ship here. Where are we headed? We've got two new animals that we found out in the wilderness. We charmed them. They're coming with us. On to uh, so the university. As, as you say that, he sort of looks over at the two and then sort of hustles down from the wheel to come and speak to you a little more carefully and quietly. Uh, basically, Father John and Kadeem. Mm -hmm. um, he but comes the things up, are right there next yeah, no, to they're, us. they're right next to you. So he's not whispering. Not <laughs> He's trying anyone. to, but he's really not very good at whispering <laughs> anyway. And he says, I, I'll, I'll message Goldie, but like, don't, don't say anything out loud. Talk to me. I'm not gonna have no demons on my ship. Uh, even if they're not demons or devils, what if the fuck they are? They need to be get the fuck oh, off of my ship. Oh, don't worry. Let's get underway and we'll throw them the fuck off your ship. This is not part of the deal. I need to have no damn devils on well, my ship. Well, if you try to get rid of them, they're gonna kill you. So why don't we just move and then we can throw them off in deep water? He sort of turns and sort of walks backwards until he gets to the stairs where he literally cannot climb up backwards, even though they're not that hard of stairs. And he turns around real suspiciously and watches them as he sort of ambles up the stairs back to his wheel. But the all the crew does seems pretty uneasy with the whole situation as well. Mm-hmm. We start heading out to Sidgham University. Asili, one of them will, will lean over and talk to you and will, and will say, And uh, suddenly you realize you're understanding a language you never understood before. Infernal, you can write it down. Thanks to the Rosetta Stone. You're now speaking Infernal, and he says to you, make sure we're heading towards dirt. We are. 
Specifically, what did the contract state you had to do with Dirge? Kill him. Kill Bring him. him his head. Bring him his head. Bring him his head. I, I go down and um, tell the navigator to get on the way to the university. You yeah. are still wearing the green ring. Yes. That was That's a good call there. You're like an accidental saint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I have Vivi, divine purpose. Vivi, as you're on the boat <laughs> and you're sinking into your wine, and you're, and you're, and you're, you're finally getting that buzz back, it occurs to you, where does this green ring from again? Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to have this. <laughs> but it looks nice. <clears throat> it goes well. It matches it, your eyes. It doesn't. It's just a band of what would, would be like jade, like a like a see-through type jade, but it has this warmth, a sickly type warmth to it. Do I feel like I shouldn't be wearing it? It's like, like what I want to take off? all around your I don't beard. think you can take it off, can you? You have to do a detect magic or uh, some sort of identify, maybe. I'm going to polish up my two silver goblets that I found from that ship, pour a little bit of the, the nice wine in both of the glasses, and go see my friend Half Knot in his room. Half Knot loves dates. I, I pass a, a goblet of wine over to you. Friend, I need I need your assistance. Could you help me with oh, this of ring? Of course, of course. Do a little identify. I was like, just, you know, it'll take a few minutes. It'll take a few minutes. So I drink my wine, and then I, I kind of like, okay, you're going to need to close your eyes and give me your hand. I surprisingly am very submissive and give you my hand. I'm kind of drunk. I think you earned it after that day. Well, I like, take his hand in one, and then I find his wide glass with the other hand. I snatch it. <laughs> I drink it. I, dr- I drink it, and then I'm like, all right, fine, now I can do this. <laughs> you can open your eyes. You find that this is a Ring of Twilight, part of a five-piece set that you already do. It allows the wearer to be seen by undead as one of their own. I think if it were a higher level, like a cleric of the right dark god, say Lurzok, then it might do something more. And will it bamf back to where it came from if it comes off his finger? No, only if it enters one of the uh, other five other, other five spheres of the temple. Oh, nice. It's like, that that's a good call, man. Good, good, good take on that. Um, it ain't gonna hurt you. That I can tell. It, it will make you almost immune from undead. <clears throat> okay, that could be handy. Alright, well, I'll leave the glasses with you. Go back to my room. So, everybody's taking a long rest. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're doing that, I need a seaweed and Vivi and Kadeem What? all wisdom save. Woohoo! I got a 20! Natural 20! Yes! That was a saving throw, right? Yes, it's a saving throw. Uh, well, two of us got it. I got a 21 total, yeah. I'm gonna use Domino Hole. 20! Natural yes! 20! Oh my gosh! Nice! Ow! So, what did you have planned? <laughs> <laughs> I have three natural 20s written right here. <laughs> As you guys uh, take your sleep, each of you in your different ways and in your, in your separate rooms. First, Nibby. There was a female dwarf that I traveled with in, in the military who uh, had befriended me when I was by myself out in the desert. Uh, and we traveled for a while, just exploring some caverns. And then she, amongst some other friends of, of our party, had uh, disappeared when we were attacked by many creatures. We were nearing the Underdark and uh, we were overrun by, by many, many creatures. And I never saw that party and I believe uh, Gloda to be dead. You see the end of that battle in Gloda does indeed get struck down, uh, brutally so. And now you see that her soul is in some sort of cage. 
in a room with cages lining every wall, full of souls. And you see this, and you hear her screaming to you in what seems to be pain. And then you wake up. Kadeem, you had a natural 20 Kadeem, as well. you had a natural 20 for a completely different thing. Okay. All you dream about is the amulet. You see all the memories that the amulet has ever shown you of Gunter's past. You see even more memories that you've never seen before of Gunter, all of which stored in this stone. But you also know that this stone, that is just one use of which it is capable. And that it is in fact a powerful artifact of the creator himself. Yeah, you see this breaking from his staff. Oh shit. Nice. The mighty staff is broken. And you see this uh, piece, uh, this jewel, fall from in your dream. I see we you hear Lurzak's voice all night, and he says stuff like, it's almost like he's talking to someone else. He's barking orders at lesser devils. He is furious. He wants that gate open, and anybody who doesn't get that gate open is getting his wrath. He is screaming at some poor lesser creature who wasn't able to find some ingredient he wanted. <laughs> it's pretty scary. You see his teeth and his slobber. I wake up immediately after my dream and go to the navigator and tell him that we need to change direction, like in the middle of the night when no one knows. Uh -huh. And I tell him, and I direct him towards the Kraken portal. Virgil, we must, I, I had a dream, and we must change course. We are going towards this Kraken portal. Well, yes, my lady, I was given strict orders by the, by the boy. Did you speak for the indigenous? <laughs> I speak for the indigenous now. Yes, my lady. I was turned about immediately. Yes, and, and post haste. Uh, whatever you need to do, you're going to get us there as fast as possible. Uh, the winds turn, the boat begins to change direction sort of naturally, and Goldie comes hustling down uh, a seaweed and bursts in on you, the navigator, and says, What is going on here? I thought we had a course. We do. However, we are changing course. It is imperative that we go a different direction. Well, lady, I a four. Have, I have already discussed this with the agents of the indigenous navigator. We're heading the other direction. He turns to Virgil and says, Virgil, turn this boat around immediately. Virgil, don't listen to him. I, I, I think I'm confronting them at this point. Okay, very I speak for the indigenous. Man. We are going to this new course. It is imperative and, uh, to why, our lives. Why are we going to this new course? We are going to Dirge. We have to kill him and we have to return his head. Lord Xerxes is on a warpath, and we need to get this back to this pit feet. I am scared. Do you suppose we could find a whale on the way? Are you gonna like try and charm me or something? <laughs> we, we have time to stop for a whale. I don't know why you need a whale, but but we have to get to dirge. Like, uh, we met some things on that island that uh, it doesn't bear talking about, but uh, I would listen to what she has to say. But do tell me if you see any whales about. It's quite important. Thank, thank you, Varian. Uh, I nod and then walk back out on deck and then uh, commune with nature uh, consistently, just hunting for any whales in like a three mile radius or whatever. Maybe stumbles across the deck and slams the door open. What the hell are we doing? Why did we change course? To the navigator's office? No, to Sarah. Oh. Or a seaweed. We have changed course because we were on the wrong course to begin with. Where are we going now? Back to the temple of whatever it's called to kill the thing. Why? Our lives depend on it. I had a vision. Oh, okay. And I stumble back to my room. Boat headed back towards Dirge, and Kadim now answering to the Lord of Light. How will our heroes react? 
to Asiwi's intention to carry out this cold-blooded murder of a kind-hearted man. Tune in next time on Oppressed by Sun to find out. As always, you can visit us on our website where we've got maps, lore, PDFs, and a whole lot more. Thanks for listening. See ya.